Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. All right, welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. I'm your host as always, John Chapman, and it's been a little bit of a break, but we are back. We actually have 49ers news, which is the best thing in the world, uh, especially with what's happened during the offseason. You know, there's so much ridiculous talk going on, and this happens every year. Anytime that you have so much downtime with no new news, it gets scary. And you allow people that don't watch the sport to jump out there and just throw in all kinds of craziness. And now whenever that happens, it, it gets weird. And so first, let me just start out by saying this. Tom Brady's not going to be a San Francisco 49er. There's zero reason for Tom Brady to be a San Francisco 49er from the 49ers' perspective. Um, one, you're not going to find any metric where Tom Brady outperformed Jimmy Garoppolo this year. And it, there's just, it makes zero financial sense. Um, one, there are certain people out there that are saying we should trade Jimmy Garoppolo to the Patriots. That makes zero sense on top of that. One, Tom Brady's a free agent. You don't have to give up anything to bring him in. And it just gets bad after that. So for all those people, let me just start this out by dispelling this. Tom Brady is not going to be a 49er, period. Jimmy Garoppolo is the quarterback of the future, and rightfully so. Uh, he played absolutely incredible. Top five in almost every single valuable quarterback metric that's on the board. And if you want to look at the Super Bowl, he would have been the Super Bowl MVP had they won. Up double-digit points in the fourth quarter with seven minutes left. Yeah, the fourth quarter went bad. But you cannot put it on the quarterback to for the defense to allow 31 points in seven minutes of a game. Uh, could he have extended the drives? Yes. Could he have done better? Absolutely. I'm not trying to let him off the hook. But whenever you give up 21 points in seven minutes, that's not the fault of the quarterback. So, uh, again... 11 straight completions in the Super Bowl, uh, put up ridiculous numbers. All those things are great. So just understand, first and foremost, Tom Brady is not, I repeat, I can't say this strongly enough, uh, he's not going to be the quarterback of the 49ers. Now, here's what we're going to be covering this episode and what is important. The 49ers have made several different transactions over the last 24 hours. Seven different players um, have been re-signed or extended, depending on how you want to use your language. And we're going to talk through all that. And there's a lot of confusion whenever you get into the NFL offseason. Uh, the contracts for the NFL are probably as complex as any sport. It's not so easy as just there's a player that's unsigned, you sign them. 
It's not that way. You have restricted free agents, unrestricted free agents. Then on top of that, it gets even more weird. Exclusive rights free agents, transition tags, (laughs) franchise tags, all that. So we are going to dispel a lot of the, I guess, common mistakes that are out there. And then once we go through all the contracts, if we have time, I would love to talk about uh, some draft stuff. It's been a while. We've had the combine, lots of new nuggets. Uh, My draft... um, I guess, book with a lot of help from, you know, we have a lot of interns that help out with the 49ers Rush podcast, and I cannot say thanks enough to them. You know, definitely Juan and Zenos, they have contributed so much, and we've got a lot of more stuff coming in. More people trying to join the 49ers Rush team, even in this downtime, which is awesome. Um, also have something in the works. We're going to be throwing together a 49ers trivia podcast, which is going to be a blast interactive with you guys as well. So a lot of stuff coming up. So throw your draft questions in the chat, get them in there early. I scroll top to bottom. So if you get your draft questions in there early, you're going to have much more opportunity for those to get answered. But before we do that, let's go through what happened in the 49ers front office. So there's three different types of free agents. Okay, Um, we're going to start with what defines each one, and it's called accrued seasons. And what an NFL accrued season is, is any time a player has six or more games in a calendar year on the um, active list. Now, you can be on the IR, you could be on the uh, NFI does not count, but on the IR, anything like that is six games on the active roster that counts as an accrued year. So for example, let's say you're the starting quarterback for a team for th- uh, five games and then you get cut. You do- That doesn't count as a year. You're still technically a rookie. So the very first kind of group of players that we get into is called the exclusive right free agents. These are players that have two years or less accrued season. So two years or less. Um, so uh, these guys are called free agents, but it's really only in name only. They're not allowed to negotiate with any teams. They can't negotiate better contracts. They can't do any of that. It's a percentage base how their pay scale goes, and it's basically the veter- or the veteran minimum. So uh, Daniel Brunskill, Roz Dwelly, Emmanuel Mosley, Nick Mullins, Jeff Wilson. These are the five players that the 49ers have resigned today in the past 24 hours, depending on when you're listening to this. Now, uh, here are the numbers. Daniel Brunskill, if you know, one, he came over from the AAF and as good of a job. He played three positions. Um, he started a game at right tackle, left tackle, and right guard. Now, moving forward, a lot of people want to throw Brunskill into the tackle category. Just understand this front office sees him as a long-term viable option to be a guard. You go back to the Super Bowl with Daniel Brunskill, whenever um, Joe Staley missed a series, Brunskill did not go out at left tackle. He went. He, he didn't play at all. They sent out Justin School, the rookie. And so you have to understand, long-term plans, Brunskill can play all four offensive linemen positions except for the center. Maybe he can snap. I don't, I don't, I've never seen him do that. But Daniel Brunskill, they want him to be a guard. Whether I understand the 49ers Twitter fan base and all those things are super high on Daniel Brunskill as the long-term tackle. That is not what the 49ers want. They want him to be a guard. They want school to be the tackle. So just keep that in mind. Roz Dwelly, um, he's getting 660000 Again, these are all one-year deals. And what will happen is they'll bump to the next 
ter- uh, section, which I'll go over here in a second. But Ross Dwelly, six hundred and sixty thousand is what he's getting. Uh, you know, played fullback, tight end. He was all over the place. The 49ers really, really high on this guy. One of the bad things that happened though is he lost a lot of snaps throughout the season after everybody came back healthy. Whenever Kyle Uzcheck and Kittle were both healthy, his snaps they they basically fell out. Which I I would love for him to be the tight end too in every situation. But for some reason, we didn't see that. Maybe in his next year, you know, the third year, he kind of jumps up on that because first year he was on the practice squad for an entire year. Then he finished this, and so he will be an exclusive rights free agent again next year. Emmanuel Mosley, can't talk enough about this guy. I think he's going to be the starting corner day one coming into training camp, and Akella Witherspoon is going to have to fight and take that away from him. And on top of that, a lot of people out there are, you know, asking for the 49ers to draft a cornerback. Um, this team does not have a lot of huge needs. Um, and we're going to talk about Eric Armstead. We're going to talk about Jimmy Ward after we get through the guys we signed. But top to bottom, offense, defense, and special teams for the first time. You can't haven't been able to say this in a while for the 49ers. We don't have holes that you have to address. Uh, the depth that has been built for this roster it's as good as any team in the NFL. And that's even if we don't keep Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward, which I think we will be able to keep at least one, possibly both of those. We'll talk about their numbers in a second. But, man, you're allowed to, you know, every team wants to say, oh, draft best player available. You wish it was that simple, but whenever you look at the actual draft, it's pretty damn funny how all 32 teams, usually 30 out of 32 teams in the first round, they draft positions where they have a need. And so, yeah, you might rank these players 1 to 10, but whenever you're drafting, it's pretty damn weird that if you need a corner, guess who the best player available is? It happens to be a cornerback. And every single coach is going to say, well, you know, we had him the highest player on our board when we were up on the draft, so it was an easy pick. But subconsciously, and I do this too whenever I'm putting my draft ranks together and my big board together, which last year we did 150 players. We're going to pass that. It's not going to be close. I'm guessing around 175 to 185 players. I'm trying my hardest not to add more, but this is a really deep draft. And, you know, the 49ers don't have a lot of draft picks, but uh, we do have a lot of picks towards the end of the draft where John Lynch and the 49ers have been successful. So I really do think that this is going to be a fun draft, and there's going to be a lot of talent. You're going to get some players, probably not as much in years past, especially last year. You could argue the 49ers' 2019 draft was one of the better draft halls in the past decade for any team. Uh, You're getting three not only starters, but three just you could say Pro Bowl level in the rookie year. Nick Bosa was an all-pro player. Uh, Debo Samuel, absolutely incredible from the wide receiver and running back position. And then probably I think the gem of the entire draft was Dre Greenlaw. Uh, That dude, all-pro rookie team, started every single game as a rookie and just got better and better and better. So you're getting three studs. If you get three starters in a draft, that's a great draft. You're getting three pretty damn close to Pro Bowl level their rookie year. We'll have to see what happens with uh, you know, what comes next, but those are just three great draft picks. Moving on to who else we signed. Nick Mullins, baby. BDN. Uh, gotta love this guy. 660,000. He is the backup quarterback for a long, long time. And if you look all across the NFL, 
the 49ers don't have a great cap situation. We really, really don't. Right at about $20 million right now before they extend the cap up. My guess is the salary cap will be about $202 million once they get it all said and done. Um, but anyway, the point of it is this. Yeah, the Jimmy Garoppolo contract's relatively large. It's not that big, but it's relatively large. But whenever you look at what teams pay their number one and two quarterback together, the 49ers fall to the bottom half of the NFL because you're paying less than a million dollars for your backup quarterback. Uh, that is an absolute steal. And again, this is only his second year. So we're going to be able to have him again for another cheap deal. And then the last uh, exclusive rights free agent, that's Jeff Wilson. Uh, the stud out of UNT that everybody loves. He got work in the Super Bowl over Matt Breida. And Kyle Shanahan loves this guy. And he's kind of the odd man. You know, one of these things is not like the other with our running backs. Every running back the 49ers have is a speedster. Jeff Wilson is not that. He's much more of an all-purpose big short yardage back, I guess you could say. All-purpose short yardage back, if that makes any sense. Catches well out of the backfield, blocks relatively well. His only issue has been fumbles and lack of speed, but he seems to have fixed the fumble issue. Uh, didn't really have any issues uh, this year, so that was kind of key there. So those are our exclusive rights free agents that have been signed through the 2020 season, and you'll have to go into this program again next year. All these players have two years or less, and once you hit that third year, that changes you from an exclusive rights free agent to a restricted free agent. So the players that have three years accrued exactly, again, accrued is six or more games on an active roster in a calendar year. So these are the players we have not tendered yet. This is the next stage, okay? Um, there's three players that fit into this category, Kendrick Bourne, Matt Breida, and Elijah Lee. Now, here's how this works, and it gets even more complex. This is what the NFL does to us. Um, but I have scoured through pages and pages and notes and notes and websites so that you guys don't have to. So let's let's break this down. Right, so you're going to understand everything before other people do. And if you have questions, as always, hit me up. Um, Twitter is probably the best way I check that the most often, at JL underscore Chapman. Uh, for those of you that are watching on Instagram, welcome. Uh, Instagram live, uh, just hit me up, just message me and I'll get to it. I'm not on there as often as I would like to. Juan helps out a lot over there. Uh, Facebook, uh, we've got stuff over there. Camila, really appreciate all the help that she does organizing that page as well. Uh, but if you want to email us, 49ersrush at gmail.com. We're everywhere. Podcast exists. Um, we're everywhere. But anyway, restricted free agents. These are the players three years exactly. Um, team hasn't tendered any of these players, and they have four options, okay? There's four qualifying tenders, and with each one, the 49ers have the right of first refusal. So here's what happens. There's four degrees. The lowest, the absolute lowest that you can do is right of refusal only. So again, let's just use Kendrick Bourne for this process because, as an example, because I think it'll help us see why you would do each one and why you wouldn't, okay? So let's say we just do a right of refusal only on Kendrick Bourne. That means Kendrick Bourne can go out with his agent to all 31 other teams and try to get a contract. Once a team, let's just say the Patriots, give Kendrick Bourne, we want to sign you for a two-year, $10 million deal. What happens next? The 49ers then get to keep those terms. So you allow another team to determine the market value for a player. Then the team that has them, the restricted rights to this player, they can pick that contract. So whatever the contract he work out with the Patriots, the 49ers can say, yep, we'll take that contract. You're with us now. So now we pay him two years, $10 million. Or we say, nope, that's too rich for our blood. He's yours. And the Patriots have to pay him that deal. 
Now, if that happens, the 49ers get nothing in return. And he doesn't even count towards draft compensation. This is one of the things that people don't understand. If you tender a player and you do not match, this is why a lot of teams don't do this anymore, you do not get draft uh, compensation in the compensation draft picks, which are figured at the end of the year. And it's a complex formula. Three basic things. The amount paid to the said players that you lose, the playing time that you lose with said players, how many snaps that they take for all these other teams, and then also postseason honors, you know, Pro Bowl, All-Pro, Player of the Year, things like that. So if you lose five players and you gain five players, usually you don't get a compensation pick, and they're on the same level pay, playing time, and all that. But if you look at teams like the Patriots who don't sign free agents, they only allow their players to leave, they get like, two third-rounders and a fourth. The 49ers have not participated at all in the compensation pick formula because we've been bringing in so many free agents. It's not going to happen this year. So finally, the 49ers are going to transition to a team that has zero comp picks to, guess what, in 2021, the 49ers are going to get comp picks. Um, it's just going to happen because as we move forward, 2022, we're going to start to lose guys because of the salary cap. You can't keep everybody. And, and I get the whole crowd that says, you know, the salary cap is a myth and all that. Whatever. It is to a certain degree, and you can move things around. And we have one of the great um, front office guys in Prague. It, there's no doubt about that. And I'm going to talk to you about a contract that I think we're going to renegotiate soon. But whatever. Now let's move to the second qualifying tender under restricted free agents. And I know this is probably too far in depth, but I want to make sure we all completely understand what's going on. So the second one is right of first refusal, which we just went over, plus an original draft round tender. So if you draft a player, and this is for rounds three through seven. So if you drafted a player in the sixth round or in the third round, it doesn't matter. You have to pick the original round they were drafted in, okay? So uh, wherever they were drafted, so with a guy like Kendrick Bourne, guess what? He was an undrafted free agent. He doesn't qualify for this. You would have to do the second or first round tender, which we're going to get into. But if he was a fifth round pick, then that's what he's going to be tendered at. So if another team, New England, says two years, $10 million, and we get the rider first refusal, if we take them, great, we're taking that contract. If we do not, if we do not take that contract and we don't match it, he goes to New England, New England has to give us the original draft round that he was picked in. So let's say he was a six-round pick. They will give us their next six-round pick. The third one is rider refusal and second-round pick value. Now, um, same concept, except if they take him away, we're getting a second round pick and then write a first refusal, first round pick. Um, now, why won't the 49ers just put a first round tender on every single player? That way nobody can sign these guys. Well, here's why. The amount of contract, if nobody signs them, is determined by what, te- what you tender them with. And I'm going to give you those numbers now. So if we do a right of first refusal only and nobody offers him a contract, you only have to pay that player $2 million. Right of first refusal and original draft tender, 2.1. Right of first refusal, second round pick, that's $3.2 million per year. And then right of first refusal, first round pick, that's $4.6 million. So you can price yourself out of other teams signing them because they don't want to give up a first round pick for Kendrick Bourne. But... If nobody gives them a qualifying offer, you now have to play that player 4.6. So you're setting uh, the minimum that you're going to play that guy. Um, Now, out of Matt Breida and Elijah Lee, I think they're just going to get right of first refusal only. They might, I I think, 
they're both special teams quality players that offer positional upside. You know, Elijah Lee started, I think, seven games in 2018 for the 49ers. He didn't start very much this year, but he can back up all three linebacker spots and plays on every special teams unit. And he's a locker room guy. A lot of people like him. Matt Breida, yeah, you know, <laughs> he's one of my favorite players in the NFL. And, you know, out of Georgia Southern, and he's a beast. But he got in the doghouse after those four fumbles, I think over 12 different carries. Um, he had four fumbles, and it, it, I don't know. No clue what's going to happen there. But Kendrick Bourne, it's very possible that he gets um, a second-round tender. I think at the end of the day, he's going to get a contract, probably like uh, two years, six million, something around there, which puts him right at that right of refusal second round pick. But I think these are the next three players we're going to hear about um, for the 49ers. And then the last column for free agents is the unrestricted free agents. These are players that these are your big dogs, the Eric Armstead, the Jimmy Ward, all those types of guys. These are players with four or more years accrued seasons. And they just basically get to go to whoever they want to, or they can be franchised by their current team. Um, so those are all of the restricted free agents. Now, let's talk about the two players that we picked up um, their contract options for. Contract options are basically backdoor policies for teams and players, whoever holds the most leverage, on picking up an, or adding an extra year. Kyle Juszczyk, for example, one of the first big free agents that you know John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan went after. He's a fullback. Who the hell targets fullbacks early on in free agency? Well, I can tell you. Uh, Kyle Shanahan does. And we paid him $5 million, and the entire NFL blew up. Oh, my God. You're paying a fullback $5 million. And everybody's like, what a waste of money, whatever, whatever, whatever. Well, that was a very friendly deal for Kyle Juszczyk because Kyle Shanahan wanted him so bad. So they built in an option year for the team. You can have option year for the team or option year for the player. If you put it for the player, then the player gets to decide, yes, let's add a year, no, let's add a deal. But the team said, yeah, we want to keep you. That's $5.1 million that Kyle Juszczyk's going to get for 2020. That's the last year of this contract. So after this, he will be an unrestricted free agent. Now, a couple things. He determines the fullback market, so he would be an easy player to franchise next year. Strong possibility. We'll talk about franchise tags in a minute. Or you could restructure him now, which means you could extend him long-term. And what that's going to do, because right now he's counting $5.1 million against the cap in 2020 alone. You could extend that out through signing bonuses. You could probably knock that number down to about $2.1 million. So you could free up about $3 million for 2020, which is when you need the money. You need the money now. So there's a lot of big contracts. We'll talk about those in a second. But Kyle Juszczyk, he is going to be a 49er for the 2020 season. Next up, we got Kwan Williams. Okay, probably one of the best contracts in the entire NFL. Not only is he a starting slot, he is one of the betting's better slot or nickel cornerbacks in the NFL. We exercise his option at guess what, two point one million dollars. So we are paying our starting slot corner, who played top five in the NFL, uh, got some All Pro votes. Absolute stud. Uh, you could argue the best player in our secondary, if not one of the best players in our secondary. He is getting paid almost NFL minimum money um, right now. He is going to get he. And here's why these one these players can't really negotiate out of this once the option has been built into this. You know, Kyle Williams got re-signed 
early on, uh, just a cheap deal to keep him around. He, he was more of a backup player. You go out and you draft DJ Reed to kind of take his spot, and Kyle Williams just went nuts. Uh, very physical and all that stuff, but he's got to get a huge contract after this year. Uh, I can guarantee you his, his salary is going to go from $2.1 million to about 8 to $10 million next year if he continues playing the way. He might even be more than that. Slot corners are at a premium right now. So Kyle Juszczyk and Kwan Williams, they are going to be around in 2020. Now let's change our conversation to two guys who are question marks. Eric Armstead and Jimmy Ward. Now, um, there's a lot of talk about what the hell to do with Eric Armstead. Uh, Pro Football Focus had him as the number three defensive end in the NFL. Should have been an all-pro player, should have been a Pro Bowl player, but he's not a very team-friendly or a popular name uh, amongst NFL fan bases. Uh, Let's be honest, his first three years with the 49ers, not great. Uh, Played inside, played outside, played hurt, didn't play much. Whenever he played, it was effective. Now, a lot of people keep saying he's only had one good year. That's total BS, okay? You you have to be honest, and I get being butthurt about a player that you draft in the first round and you don't see any production for three years. I get it. We've seen it with Solomon Thomas. We're starting to see it with Dante Pettis. Um, I get it. It's upsetting. But you have to be honest. Eric Armstead has been a top-five run defender at the defensive line position in back-to-back years. Double-digit sacks. (laughs) Again, Pro Football Focus has him as the number three defensive edge player in the NFL last year. So what are the numbers and how does this work? A lot of teams can't fork out the money for a long-term contract at defensive end. It's by far one of the most expensive. It's the second most expensive position outside of quarterback. And to franchise tag him this year, and a franchise tag basically means this. We're going to keep you for one year. That's $19.3 million for a defensive end. Now, for a defensive tackle, which he has played some, I'll go over the snaps in a second, $15.5 million. That's a $4 million difference. But if we look at the snaps... Um, he took 162 snaps inside this year and 747 outside. So uh, by NFL rules, uh, wherever he takes the most snaps at, whatever position, that's where he's going to be. So if you do franchise him, that's $19.3 million, which I think is a little beyond his value. The 49ers are currently in contract works with him. They want a long-term deal. Kyle Shanahan has been very adamant. He wants this team back. He felt that they had the best team in the NFL all year, and they lost at the end. And he feels that they could be even better coming up in the 2020 season. And I truly do believe Kyle Shanahan's not the type of guy that stand up there and pay lip service. He wants these guys back. All of these starters he wants back. And the 49ers aren't losing starters. We're not losing any starters. We're getting it. The 49ers, I think we were 29th in returning starters from 2019 to 2020, and we still might sign these guys. There's a chance that the 49ers can bring back all 22 offense and defensive starters. That is a, that's a possibility. Nobody's retiring. You're not losing anybody. You can literally return every single person. Joe Staley's probably the only person. Um, you know, obviously, there's your kind of. Uh, Chris Borland, you know, I don't even want to invoke the name. <laughs> I know some people just cringed listening. But th- sometimes there's just surprise retirements in such a physical game. I get that. But uh, they've come out and said, you know, all signs are looking and pointing like Joe Staley's going to return. It, let's say you find a way to bring back Eric Armstead. You find a way to bring back um, Jimmy Ward. 
you're returning the exact same starting squad as last year. That doesn't happen for anybody. So this team can completely return. Now, what's it going to cost to keep Eric Armstead? They want a long-term deal. My guess is going to be, and I know the number is going to be big, and we're to the point in professional sports where as soon as they leak out a number for a contract, you got to pause, you got to breathe, and you got to chill out. Because whatever number they give you, it's inflated. And whatever number they give you, it's supposed to blow you away. And the teams and the player want that because they want it to feel like we value this player. I think it's going to cost four years, $71 million. And yeah, is Eric Armstead worth $71 million? Yeah, I don't know. Is it my money? No. So I think he's worth it. Uh, is it your money? Uh, no. Uh, so again, the salary cap and the way that it is designed... You want these long-term deals because you can kind of kick the can to the future and manipulate through signing bonuses, extra salary cap. But this is what double-digit di- uh, double sack players get. They get more than this. And again, with Parag Morante, our, our you know salary cap specialist and contract worker, it's going to be incentive-based, just like Sherman's deal, just like Quan Alexander's deal, just like Jimmy's deal. It's going to be incentive-based. And... I'll be honest with you, I'd be okay four years up to $82 million. If you want to pay him $20 million a year, that's okay because of where the salary cap is going. Because of this new CBA, which is probably going to be passed, it's going to increase money for bottom players, and it's going to increase cap revenue as well. So you're not paying a player in today's NFL whenever you re-sign a contract where you are today. You're paying where the salary cap is going. And so because of that... There's enough leeway where you can afford that. And you could push back the huge cap implications, which I know teams, it's, it's hard to enjoy that, but good teams can finesse the cap because you can spread out through signing bonuses, then restructure later, which we're going to see a lot of. So Eric Armstead staying. Now, if for some reason we cannot do a long-term deal, a three- to four-year deal, He's going to be franchised. Eric Armstead's coming back. Now, if he is franchised, there is a possibility that you could franchise tag him, then trade him. Very similar to what we did just opposite with D Ford. And some people are saying, well, if we bring back Eric Armstead, are we going to let go D Ford? No, you keep both. You keep both. You don't need to let one of them go. Um, It worked very well rotating them in and out. Um, The 49ers' entire scheme uh, on the defensive line wants new, fresh, blood in there so expect that now jimmy ward's a whole nother deal and i was wrong you know i tweeted this out that if uh the 49ers sign eric armstead to a long-term deal i think we franchise jimmy ward i don't think we will um i was wrong i was wrong i'll say it i'm wrong all the time ask my wife um anyway uh franchise tag it's 12.7 million for the safety position he's not getting that much money so jimmy ward is contract or bust and I think that he is probably the most likely to not come back out of everybody. Now, first, let me say this. I like Jimmy Ward. He's put up one good year in six. Um, he's moved around from corner, outside corner, to slot corner, to strong safety, to free safety. And he's finally playing the position he should have been playing all along. Um, and he had his best year. Finally stayed somewhat healthy. He still missed the first three games of the year. Uh, got injured several different times during games. He's Mr. Glass. That's his name. But he had a hell of a year. I think a two-year, $15 million deal would be all right. Two for 12 would be ideal. But for a safety that played the way he played, uh, that makes it rough. Uh, You know, pro football focus, if you look at where he ranked this year, let's see here, let's pull this up. Yeah, he's the number 10 overall safety. 
and you know he took 806 snaps so yeah he missed a couple of games for sure the problem I have with Jimmy Ward is he's not a ball hawking safety he's a sure tackler that usually besides on third and 15 in the Super Bowl is always where he needs to be and he kind of keeps the big play from happening uh, two pass defense, zero interceptions, it, just awful as a safety, but he's a sure tackler. You know, ideally, I would want to keep Jimmy Ward and Tavares Moore as my two safeties. I, I think that Jimmy Ward offers more than Jaquaski Tart and can do everything Jaquaski Tart wants to do. Um, you know, again, if you look at just as a team um, for the San Francisco 49ers, it, here's the deal. Um, let me pull it up here just so I'm not – I want to make sure that I'm completely accurate. If you just look at the top players for the 49ers uh, defensively, um, here's the deal. Eric Armstead was the number one rated player in our defense. It goes Eric Armstead, Richard Sherman, Nick Bosa, D4, Jimmy Ward. So we have two of our top five guys. Eric Armstead was the number one on our defense, so consistent, and one of the best run defenders in the NFL. Um, Jimmy Ward was awesome. You got to scroll down to get to Jaquaski Tart. Um, he is the 17th ranked player on the 49ers defense for the yearly average. And that's pro football focus, I know. Um, and yes, Joukowsky Tart had some great games. Did our defense suffer whenever he went out of the game? Yeah, a lot of that was replacement value with Marcel uh, Harris. But I want a ball hawking safety. <laughs> it's just what I want. Um, so my guess is, you know, if we're going to look at Eric Armstead, I, I just, I think that these two are tied together. I I think the only way Jimmy Ward can stay for the 49ers is if Armstead signs a long-term deal. If Armstead does not sign a long-term deal and we have to franchise him, I think that's it for Jimmy Ward. I don't think that he's going to be able to stay. The only way Jimmy Ward's going to find room on this roster is if Armstead does a long-term deal, which allows the 49ers to have more cap room in 2020, and then we can give that a short-term deal to Jimmy Ward. Uh, just because he's older, he's so injury-laden, you don't want a long-term deal. Just because he's always hurt. Uh, but anyway, that's where we're at. And so, yeah, that's our contract status. So now we're caught up to date. And, uh, yeah, if you have any questions or if I misspoke about something, because I'm sure I did, it's uh, kind of what I always do. You guys know me, but that's okay. You guys like it. Um, so let's move on now. Let's jump in. Let me open this. Um Let's talk some NFL draft, and let's go through and just answer some of your questions or as many questions as we possibly can, and let's see what we got. The Combine was an absolute blast. Uh, watched every second of it. My family hates me now, and that's okay. Uh, but here's the thing that you take from that. You learn so much about different players, and you kind of get to figure out you know, who some of the competitors are and who some of the competitors are not. You know, one of the biggest issues that I came away with, you know, I, I have my bias. And again, you know, let me say this. I, I'm not a big T. Higgins guy. I, I want, I'm a former coach. I want people that compete. I want people that want to compete. And some players showed uh they didn't want to compete in certain things, and that bothers me. Now, I get if you're one of the top players, okay? If you're the top player at your position and you don't want to do something, I get that because you only have something to lose. But if you're one of those guys fighting up, I think that you got to go get it. Like Jeffrey Akuda, he's the number one corner on everybody's board. He didn't have to work out. He went out there and wanted to compete, got injured, and then still competed because you couldn't keep that kid off the field. 
Jeffrey Okuda went up for me. Now, if you're a player like T. Higgins, who's not the top player in this draft, and just says, you know what, I just want to rest, I just don't feel ready, um, that kind of irks me the wrong way. And I know I'm what. there's nothing wrong. He's choosing his money. He's doing his thing. But I want players that are going to be out there. I have a chance to prove I'm better than all these other people at this position. Put me up there. Put me up there. All right. Let's do this. I love it. Uh, let's get through some of these questions. Um, again, uh, scrolling top to bottom. So if I don't get to your question, I apologize. Always hit me up on Twitter. I will answer every damn question. And for those of you that have been with us from the beginning, uh, man, we're going on year four now, baby. Year four of the 49ers Rush podcast starting this draft season. So, um, yeah, it I love this. I'm going to be here. I'm alive. Yes, I understood. Took a little break. I was under the weather for a while. Food poisoning is a real thing. Uh, my name is John, and I spent a lot of time there with uh, my namesake. Whew. Uh, lost about four pounds in 24 hours, which is nice. It's a nice diet. Uh, don't recommend it, but it worked out. Um, anyway, let's get to some questions. Matt, uh, he's got an Armstead question. Again, do you want Armstead back over $17 million? Um, yes, I do. I am fine going all the way up to $20 million, but again, the lower the number, the better. But it's going to be incentive-based. Um, so the initial number is probably going to be four for 19, four for 20. But again, it's going to have Pro Bowl. It's going to have double-digit sacks. It's going to have 90% sack or snap percentage in there. So that's great. Um, so just understand the initial number, calm the hell down, wait till the contract terms come out and trust me, it's going to be a 49ers favorable contract. It's what we do. Everything that we do is always for the 49ers. So just understand that. Uh, next question, the geek freak, John, if we go receiver at 31, I'm taking Denzel Mims. I cannot tell people enough how much I love Denzel Mims. Um, probably had the best combine of any player out there. And I'm going to be doing another video breakdown of him soon. So for my Patreon members, just want to say thank you. And again, if you want to support the podcast, the best way to do that, head over to patreon.com, type in 49ers Rush Podcast or just 49ers. We're the first one on there. Join us there. Um, I put a, all of my video breakdowns as I watch film up on there. It's usually about a 20, you know, anywhere from 15 to 25 minute breakdown on one player alone, their coaching tape and highlight reel, what I like, what I don't like, stats, all that stuff. It's the most in-depth breakdown you're going to find anywhere online video-wise, uh, coaching tape-wise. There's nobody else I think that does that. But anyway, uh, don't go over there and subscribe because you want – the video. Yes, that's part of it. Go over there and subscribe because you want to support the podcast. Every penny that goes in there, and I want to say thank you to everybody that's joined us, um, goes to the podcast, the equipment, um, paying for the website, NinersRush.com, all those things. Uh, so if you want to support us, head over there. Uh, it's $8 a month, the Frank Gore tier, and all every video I've ever done, coaching tape, every single snap of the entire season, broken down, it's all there for you. Um, so uh, anyway, Denzel Mims, I'm about to do a video on him. If the 49ers like anything at wide receiver, it's the three cone, which measures uh, separation, agility, and short spacing. And this guy goes out there and posts a devilish number, 6.66 in the three cone, 99th percentile. Oh, and he's 6'3", 207. Uh, runs a 4.38. This kid, he's a 50-50 ball winner, three-year starter. I can keep going on and on. I'm going to do a full video um, breaking down him on Patreon, and I'm going to do a whole podcast on the wide receivers that I think are going to be viable options for the 49ers at 31. But Denzel Mims is a player I absolutely love. I am with you completely there. Um, next one. If we trade back, who do we target? Um, 
you just don't trade back for the hell of it. Okay, that's cool. And here's the thing with the draft. We're picking 31. It's been a while since we've been here, and we traded up to 31 in Kyle Shanahan's first year to get <coughs> Ruben Foster. Ah, oh, yeah. <clears throat> Makes me want to take a shower um, in a bad way. But uh, anyway, the idea is this. You don't control the draft anymore. You know, if you look at the last three years, even the first year, you're picking number two, you trade back and get your number one tack, uh, defensive tackle. It should have been defensive tackle. Uh, Solomon Thomas, that was a huge miss. Next year, you're picking nine. You get the first offensive tackle on the board. That was a surprise. Nobody saw the 49ers taking an offensive tackle. You had Trent Brown. You had Joe Staley. That was a shocker. Screwed the Raiders up big time. Then you're picking number two again because Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. And you get Nick Bosa, the number one player in the draft. So it hasn't been much of you di You dictated the board. Now at 31, you've got to figure that out. Most teams have 20, uh, 18 to 22 first-round grades. And then after that, from about 22 to 45, they're all in the same grade. They're all close to the same. you got your top-level guys, and then it drops off. Uh, you know, for me, my drop-off spot right now is at 12. So yeah, I, I've got about 75 players that I've watched at least two game films on that I have up on my list, my big board, and I'm still working through position groups. i still got a long ways to go. But my top 11 with where I am at, um, that's where the it drops after that. Okay, And I'll, I'll tell you my top 11 right now. Okay, This is number one to 11. Number one, Chase Young. Um He's awesome. <laughs> He's defensive in out of Ohio State. He's great. Number two, Joe Burrow, quarterback LSU. Uh, number three, Tua Tonga-Vailoa out of Alabama. I think his health is less of a concern now. Great combine checkups from everybody that's talked about it. Uh, we still got more to see. But, again, if Tua's healthy – He's a lot closer to Joe Burrow than you think. I think Joe Burrow's going number one overall, but Tua is going top three if his medical checks out. Um, I think there will be a trade. A team will trade up for Tua. I'm just telling you that right now. Number four, Jeffrey Akuda. Love that guy. He's clean a corner prospect coming out. His 40 time did bother me a little bit. You know, I think cornerback, the 40-yard dash, is probably the most important out there um, for any position. And, uh, the, you know, the 4-5, yeah, it's what it is. But I love that kid's work ethic. So clean, competitive spirit. Love that guy. Isaiah Simmons, I can't move him up higher. He's my number five linebacker, safety, outside linebacker, shit, cornerback, 4-3. You call him whatever you want. Isaiah Simmons is amazing. Number six, Makai Becton, offensive tackle, physical freak, 370 pounds, runs a 5-1 out of Louisville, offensive tackle. Uh, he's unbelievable. Derek Brown, number seven, uh, defensive tackle out of Auburn. Um, I, you know, I'm going to have video breakdowns of all these guys these top tier guys but um and just kind of outline what i have out of my top 11 number eight cd lamb he's my wide receiver one go back i put film up on him already if you missed that in the wide receivers jarek wills offensive tackles out of alabama he, he just blocks sec defensive ends nonstop with ease um just smooth, just smooth. Kristen Fulton, and this is probably the biggest shocker of my top 10. Cornerback out of LSU, you know, he's got some negatives off the field. Um, you know, injuries, tampered with a drug test, uh, all that kind of stuff. But he, his film against the best is the best. If you're a T. Higgins fan, do not watch T. Higgins versus LSU. Kristen Fulton shuts him down. Don't watch... Henry Ruggs versus Christian Fulton. Because guess what? 
Fulton put it on him. Uh, when he's pressed man, he jacked rugs up. Um, his best film versus any other corner, he wins. But the problem is he doesn't have a lot of it. And there's a couple questions off the – I would have no problem. If he had three years of production like he did this year, he'd be my number one corner. He's up there with Jeffrey Akuda. But the problem is he's got some question marks to his game, and he's got some question marks to his personality off the field. If he can clear that up, then his top-end talent, it's awesome. And then number 11, I'm staying in the corner position. That's C.J. Henderson. Uh, Florida, you know, and, you know, after that, I've got Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs that I just can't figure out the placement. I don't know if I like Ruggs more. don't know if I like Judy more. It kind of depends on what you need, but that's kind of the top elite tier. And I keep moving that line a little bit, but those are the guys. And so are the 49ers going to have an option for any of those? I don't think so. You know, the wide receiver and the cornerback classes are deep as hell. Those are the two deepest classes in this draft. And so that's kind of where we're at. Um, now back to the original question probably 10 minutes ago. Good Lord. Sorry I got off on a tangent there. Um, but I think that's why you guys – I think you like tangents. I hope you guys do anyway. But the idea is this. At pick 31, you don't get to determine what you get to do. You have a plan, but as Mike Tyson says – Everybody's got a plan till you get punched in the face. And guess what? Uh, there are teams that just go crazy, like the Seahawks, that just pick third-rounders in the first round just because. You can't predict it. So you have to have a plan in place. you got to have trade backs in place. And if you have a similar grade on a player at 31 when you're picking and you've got four to five players in that tier, then you trade back. So that's the idea. Now, the 49ers don't have a second, third, or fourth-round pick because of all the trades. So a trade back is ideal because you can gather more talent. Um, but you're right. You've got to have somebody there um, that you're targeting. And if you don't, then you do trade back. Uh, but you've got to infuse some type of talent uh, now. You, you don't want to trade back just for the future. You want to win now. you got a Super Bowl talent squad. Um, anyway, Alex, why are people not talking about Tarvarius more uh, more. I love that. Talk about more and more. Uh, he might have a higher ceiling than Ward. I agree with you. I want a ball hawking safety. That's important to me. I want interceptions. I want passes defense. And the two guys we have at safety right now accounted for zero interceptions and four passes defense, which Nick Bosa had more than both of our safeties combined. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Um, let's see here. From Mr. Superfly87. When do you think we give, have to give Kittle a bigger contract or Warner or Bosa? Uh, Bosa, you can't for a while. Warner, we've got one more year before we get into that. I think Kittle is waiting on two things. One, the Austin Hooper contract, which he's about to get paid big time. Uh, looks like Austin Hooper, um, man, where was I forget where he, the rumors where he was going to go. But Austin Hooper is going to be a big one. Then number two, uh, the new CBA. Uh, if I was Kittle, I am waiting till that new CBA gets voted on. It's now up for all the players to vote. Just needs a simple majority. Um, but once that happens, then I would sign my new contract. Kittle's not going anywhere. He's going to be a 49ers for life. Guarantee it. Uh, he is not going anywhere. Um, so just be patient with him. He's fine. We have time. Um, Kittle is not going anywhere. Um, from Panchito Villa. Hey, John, um, in your opinion, which I respect fully, he put that in quotations. Thanks for putting there. That made me feel better. Uh, do you think Nick Mullins could do just as good of a job as Jimmy Garoppolo? No, I do not. I love Nick Mullins. I really, really do. Um, but if you look at what Nick Mullins was able to do and what Jimmy Garoppolo were able to do with the same team respectively, um, 
Jimmy Garoppolo, I do believe he's a top seven quarterback in the NFL in this system. Uh, he is a system quarterback. I don't think that's an insult. I think every almost all quarterbacks are system quarterbacks. There's a few guys you could put in every system, but no, Jimmy G is an anticipatory thrower that understands his system. And you know he's only got 26 starts, but he's 21 and five during those starts. I love Jimmy Gar- Garoppolo. Um, and again, would have been the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, three and a half quarters. He played great in the Super Bowl. Uh, you can win with this guy. He's had one year off of ACL. No worry. Um, yeah, not worried at all. Not worried at all about Jimmy Garoppolo. But I do love uh, Nick Mullins. I think he's one of the better backup quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, all right, couple other questions before I jump off. I know it's a long one, but it's been a while since I talked to you guys. And, man, I, I missed it, and this is a good feeling. That Super Bowl kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> it messed me up pretty bad. I know a lot of us did, but it's what it is. Um, really quick, uh, lastly, have you heard the mainstream media talking about us getting Tom Brady? That's what I started this podcast on. Why you got to do that to me? 49ers are not going after Tom Brady. There is zero financial incentive, and he's not better. He's 42 years old. Um, yeah, and what you're going to have to pay that guy is going to be ridiculous. Um, it's bad. It's what it is. But anyway, just want to say thanks to you guys. Also, I do want to say, um, for those of you that bought your sunglasses, boom, I have them all packed and shipped ready to go. Uh, it took a while to put that together. I do want to say thank you guys. Uh, if you want to buy some 49ers Rush sunglasses, uh, it's got like the logo on there on the side and whatever else. If you want to buy them, uh, more than welcome to. I'm about to send out that shipment, so apologize for the wait that it has been. A lot of different orders have come in. Uh, here's the deal. They're cheap sunglasses. They're not super expensive, but I got them to give out at the Super Bowl, and I have a handful left over. We gave out over 250 at the Super Bowl, which was awesome at our parties. Uh, but if you want to buy them, uh, PayPal information is in the uh description of this video if it's not i'll add it after i finish this video but uh the idea is basically this it's shipping i gotta send them out uh one pair for 10 you can paypal or i think venmo's on there as well paypal or venmo one for 10 uh two for 15 four for 20 whatever i'm not making any money on them i'm just sending them out that's what it is for shipping and the manufacturer and all that stuff but if you want them i'll send them to you please put it out there as always please rate and review the show please hit subscribe if you haven't already cannot say thanks enough and we've got a lot of stuff coming up in the future so stay strong draft content we're not going anywhere really appreciate it as always guys and stay strong faithful Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.